If you can please stand for the reading of God's word. Today's passage is in Psalm 150, and that's on page 526 in the Bibles around the room. When I'm finished reading, I'll say, this is the word of the Lord, and you'll reply, thanks be to God. And we say this because we believe that the Bible is God-breathed. So Psalm 150. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with a trumpet sound. Praise him with lute and harp. Praise him with tambourine and dance. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with sounding cymbals. Praise him with loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that has a breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. God, you alone deserve all the praise and all the glory. We thank you for gathering us here to hear your word. Open our ears and our hearts to what you need us to hear. Amen. Thank you, Shelby. I didn't tell you y'all could sit down. I'm just joking. How's everybody doing? Oh, man. This this is not the service for that, you guys. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Happy early New Year. It's good to see all of you. My name is Shay. I'm one of the pastors here at Living Stones. And uh, it is, it's just good uh, to be bringing you the word of the Lord this morning. Uh, if you were with us for the last few weeks, we were going through our season of Advent, which was preparing our hearts for Christmas and the coming of Christ. And then so last week was our Christmas service. And so we ended that series of Advent. And today we're kind of in between a sermon series, and so today's going to be a standalone sermon. And uh, as I was praying about, you know, what can I be preaching on? What is, what is God going to give me? Uh, psalm 150, this psalm just kind of stuck out for me. And uh, I was meeting with Pastor Kyle, and he was like, why? Why Psalm 150? Like, of anything you could preach out of the Bible, why Psalm 150? You know, there's the whole Jesus thing. There's, uh, <laughs> there's all these things you could choose from. Why Psalm 150? And I think my exact words were, I like it's, it's what kind of God gave me. So, uh, but as I was thinking about it and I was preparing for it, um, this psalm is perfect for this time of year, especially as we're getting ready to enter into New Year's, uh, because we got people that are going to be flooding New York City uh, here in a few days, watching a big giant ball come down on top of a building, and we're going to be celebrating the New Year, right? And people go crazy for New Year's. They're in the streets. They're hugging each other. They're giving each other high fives. Uh, some people are making out in the streets. I'm not advising that. Uh, but they're celebrating. They're, they're joyous that this new year is coming in. And they're just ready for it. They're ready with anticipation for what the new year is going to bring and <clears throat> what old habits they can get rid of, what new habits they can start, uh, all these kinds of things. And I, and I want to say uh, Psalm 150 gives us an opportunity to do the exact same thing. Uh, because the question I came to as I was preparing for the sermon is, How can we add more praise to our worship? Uh, How can we add more praise to our worship? I think we do an awesome job at worshiping God at this church. I grew up in a church in South Carolina, and uh, it was one of those old churches. And so um, I think it was built on stilts because I I swear swear to you on everything. When uh, when we'd be praising, you could feel the building like going back and forth. Like it was just one of those old buildings, right? Um, but there wasn't a lot of, like, theology. 
There's lots of praise, very little like, who is God? And what are we actually praising? What do we know about God? And I feel like we at this church, we do an awesome job at worshiping the Lord that way. Like, we dive deep into God's word and we see what he has for us. And, and we dive deep into our theology and what we know about God. It's, it's one of the reasons why me and my family were seeking after a church like this. Um, but I think sometimes, sometimes we put praise on the back burner, if we're being honest. Um, and I'm not saying that because uh, I'm the black pastor that gets to come up here and tell you all you suck at praise. That's not, that's not what I'm doing. I promise you, that's not what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> but there, there is something to be said. Uh, you, can, you can tell how we approach worship on Sunday morning for how we've praised God all week long. Um, and have we prepared our hearts all week long to come into this building and give God praise for all the things he's done for us? And do we do that day by day, preparing ourselves to worship the Lord on Sunday morning when we get to do it with the saints? I think sometimes we don't give it the full attention that we should. Uh, and I notice it in myself because I go through the week and I start getting like kind of irritable. Like people talk to me and I kind of like do the Yosemite Sam where I kind of curse them out under my breath. Yosemite Sam used to do that. Um, but this psalm, as I'm approaching it and as I got ready to preach it, I could see that it's, it's so simple, yet it's absolute in its command. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It's, it's written as an imperative. Praise the Lord. 13 times in six verses, it tells us, praise the Lord. And I think we approach this text, and you're like, killing it. I worship the Lord all the time. But I, but I think that's kind of confusing praise with worship. I think sometimes we, we interchange the two words but if we look at it in its, in its biblical, um, how, how it's written in the Bible, the two are two totally different words and two totally different concepts. There's worship and then there's praise. Worship is different to praise. Worship, worship is almost like this umbrella term that, that includes all these things of, of how we approach the Lord. It may include thankfulness and coming to God with a, with a broken and contrite heart, uh, walking humbly before God, like having a, a prayerful heart honor and respecting those around us, having compassion with people, and, and even including praise. So it's, it's including praise, but it's, it's not praise. Praise on the, I'm sorry, physically, physically, worship may, you, you may do your, your body like this and as you're raising your hands to the Lord, or, or maybe you take a posture where you're just, you're in humble submission to the Lord and you're and just ready for whatever he has to give you. That's, that's the posture of worship, what you would do with your body. Audibly, it may sound like, mm, that's good right there. Or, mm, amen, pastor, I, I hear you. you have, you've heard people doing that before, right? That's, that's worshiping the Lord. Praise is different than that. Praise in its original meaning is this loud, boisterous, joyful, uninhibited expression of thankfulness and celebration to God. It's not bound by anything. It's not, it's, nothing's holding it back. You just have these outbursts of thankfulness to God for what he's done for you. Physically, it might look like, like dancing. You might, you might stretch out your arms. You might even shout like a woo All these things, it's like this, this unbound expression of praise. Praise is this, 
internal and external appreciation for what God has done. It's, it's feeling something internally about God, but then expressing it externally. I think a lot of times we feel certain things about God. Like we're so thankful for the things that God, for, God has done for us, but there's a roadblock for us expressing it externally. Praise is an external, joyous outburst of emotion and praise to God. We know this, right? I mean, it's, this is not new news to us, especially for you sports fans. Uh, like, so like you, you watch football and uh, your team is in the championship like, like mine is going to be and they're going to win it. Uh, and uh, they score the winning touchdown and you don't go, oh man, that's so good right there. Oh. Praise be to God. I'm glad they made it. You don't do that. You go, whoa! You shout and you clap and you, you, you scare your children and your wife thinks you're crazy. You have expressions of praise. Psalm 150 was like that. Psalm 150 is a song of praise for the Israelites, for them to celebrate God for their entire community. And it's the last psalm in this collection of psalms. And the book of Psalms has moved us from theology to doxology. Or if I were to say that a different way, it's moved us from knowing about God, like knowing something and the study of God, to actually giving him praise for what he's done. So Psalm 1 starts off saying, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits at the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. And the church goes, mm, that's so good right there. It's true. That is, that is so good that we can meditate on the law of the Lord. But then as we move through the Psalms and, and we're learning things about God, we're, we're seeing how God has delivered his people and how he's still delivering us. We come to Psalm 150 and the Psalms ends by saying, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Our study and, and work of what God has done should always lead us to praising him. It necessitates both. God wants both our study of him and our praise of him to be present as we're interacting with him. You can't have one without the other. Matter of fact, if we, if we just had this study of God and we just study God all the time, but we never, it never led us to praise him, that's just, that's just turned into this dead, cold religion where you know some stuff about God, but you're never moved by him. And the flip is true too. You can, you can have all this praise about God, but know nothing about him. You know, that's actually idolatry. That's worshiping some God you don't know anything about. And God wants us to have both of these things. He wants us to have this deep, robust theology. But as we get there and as we dive into the depths of who God is, it should ultimately lead us to praising him. I want us to Living Stones to be about both. I want us to have this deep understanding about God, but I also want us to just praise him unashamed, unabashed. And I think God will be glorified when we give him both. Um, so as I was approaching this sermon, I had to actually pull some, pull some guys aside and say, what is it that stops people from worshiping God? Like, what's the, what's the disconnect for us? And they gave me a few things. I want to read a few off to you, and, and maybe you'll find yourself somewhere in this. Um, the first one is, it just feels weird. Like, those are the weird folks that are just out there praising God, and they look strange. Um, maybe you've said to yourself, 
Uh, or maybe maybe your attention is just elsewhere. Maybe you had a fight with your spouse last night, or maybe your kids kept you up all night, and now you're just not in a good space to praise the Lord. Um, maybe you're worried about somebody watching you. What would they think if, if they saw me lifting my hands or giving God praise like I'm not reserved? Uh, maybe, maybe it's a personality thing. Maybe you say to yourself, uh, those are the extroverts that do all that. I'm an introvert. Obviously, I'm better than them. It may be a church culture thing. You may say, like, my, our church just doesn't do that. We, we don't worship God that way. We have our own way of praising God. Um, some people say it just looks fake. It looks like they're faking it. Um, some people might say it's, it's great in theory, but that's just not realistic. We don't, we don't do that. Maybe you say to yourself, I just don't have the rhythm to, to praise God that way. And I definitely don't play an instrument, so how can I praise the Lord? Some people might even say it's not even necessary. Like, God told us to study him. Why is it necessary for me to get outlandish with him? And here's one for me. Here's one that I had to put on the list and put myself out there. Um, there's sometimes we're, we're, just, we're just not really excited about Jesus. We're not excited about the things he's done for us. But here's the thing. We give praise to the things that we're most excited about. Um, I can remember when... Um, we got ready to have our daughter. Like, we waited, we waited for eight years to have our little girl. Eight years, <laughs> month after month, uh, pregnancy test after pregnancy test, all coming up negative, negative, negative for eight years. The heartbreak, month after month. Uh, and so finally, when we got a positive pregnancy test, we're like, yes. But now there's this host of new, like, emotions, right? You're nervous about, what if my wife doesn't make it? What if the baby doesn't make it? What if she comes out with six toes? <laughs> there's all this stuff that you're worried about. And so finally, my wife is in labor. She took her, like, 12 hours as she's in labor. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in the delivery room, and they made the mistake of letting me catch her as she was coming out. And, you know, she's, she's there, and I'm, I'm catching her. And, I, and I, you know, I kind of fumble a little bit because somebody put this sticky stuff all over. And... Uh, <laughs> But she's there, and she's here, and she's healthy, and she's got ten fingers and ten toes, and she's perfect. She's beautiful, right? Finally, I'm filled with all this emotion about what God has done for, for us and our family, and the, the joy, the excitement, the appreciation for God for giving us. Finally, so, you know, I hand her off to the nurse, and, you know, so they can wipe that, whatever that weird substance is off, and I... <laughs> collect myself because usually i don't know if some of you guys might know me i don't get excited about much like i'm usually pretty even keel so i walk outside and i'm just overcome with all this joy and excitement and anticipation for what's to come and i just whoa that's praising the lord that's that's what praise is it's just this just outburst of love and appreciation for what god has done for you i want us to be known at this church for being theologically solid as well as just praising the Lord. Amen. There's sometimes we approach God and even though the Bible says that we're alive in Christ, we approach him like we're still dead in our sins and trespasses. We are alive in Christ. We can praise the Lord. And that's what this, that's what this psalm is telling us to do. It's telling us to praise the Lord as a command. And so there will be times, and I promise you, there will be times in our worship services that look like this. 
where we are just worshiping the Lord. But there should equally be times in our worship service where we are just unashamed of the great things that God has done for us. Praise the Lord. Look at verse one. It says it right there as we look at it. Praise the Lord. This phrase in its original context is where we get our word hallelujah. And so I'm going to do a little bit of exercise with us this morning. Every time I say that phrase, praise the Lord, I want y'all to respond back, hallelujah. Don't be scared. I prom- it's going to be okay. We're worshiping God. Y'all not doing this for me. I'm helping y'all out. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. He is worthy of our praise. I promise you, he has done so many things. And that's what this psalm is getting at. It goes through the, the, the where, the why, the how, the who should be praising the Lord. And so we're going to go through it, each line, and just see what God would have to say to us. So let's pick it up in verse 1. It says, praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty deeds. Let's look at the where. The first place that this, this text answers is the where. And the first place we're going to pick up is, it says, his mighty heavens. And so as the Israelites were reading this, the first thing we thought of, because they loved what God had done for them, their first thought would have been, we can worship God in his eternal residence. We're thinking about heaven now. And all the stories we've read about heaven don't even scratch the surface for how glorious it is. Streets made of gold. Like they use, they use gold for their pavement. Like it's, like it's a throwaway thing. Gates made of pearls and all kind of jewels that's everywhere. And those are just the stones. Like they don't mean anything. All the things that we were say were great in this life, they don't mean anything in heaven because God's presence is there. He's there. There's there's no need for, for sun or moon or stars or any other kind of light because the glory of God is shining on everything. The Jews, the Jews would have thought through this and they're like, yeah, praise God in his, in his mighty places. Praise God in his eternal residence. So all of heaven is praising God, including the angels and, and the weird cherubim. I don't know. I don't even know what that's about, but they're praising God. Everything that's in heaven is praising God. Not only that, but they would have thought through it. And because they were, they were so enthralled with what God has done in creation, they could look out in the stars and they didn't know it. But we could look at it scientifically and say, look at what God is doing out in places where there's nobody even to watch it. The stars and the quasars and, and, and the the black holes and the new stars that are being born, the old stars that are dying out, white holes. Like there's all these things that are happening out just for the glory of God. Praise God everywhere is what this, is what this psalm is saying. Not only that, it says praise God in his sanctuary. The, the Israelites would have thought through this and their first thought would have been, oh God, he's talking about the sanctuary. He's talking about the tabernacle. And they would think through about how God had had taken them through their desert experience and how he had them out there. He wanted to be among his people. So he had them set up this this temporary church, if you will, this this tent that they would set up. And God's presence, as they would set it up, would descend upon the tabernacle and he could be right in the midst of his people. And they could just praise the Lord. They They could look out their window in the morning and see that God's presence had descended upon the, the tabernacle. Every morning they could just look out and see, praise God, he's with us again. I can't believe it. And they were excited about it because they knew that if God was with them, there was nothing that could stand in their way. 
There was no army that they could face that God couldn't defeat. There was, there was no hunger that would overtake them because God's presence was with them. He would always be there. Not only that, but as they, were, as they would read it later on in time, they would think through, God has also given us this, this temple that he commissioned Solomon to build. And you could go back and look at the, the description of Solomon's temple. It looks, it seems beautiful. The, the walls are, are carved with, with gold. And in, in, the, in, the, in the gold walls, there's carvings of, of palm trees and open flowers and, and cherubim. There's, there's gold lampstands everywhere. And just, just the presence of God is just in all, just, just everywhere. And even with that, the presence of God would descend upon the Holy of Holies. And people can march to the temple and say, Look, God is there. I can have my sins forgiven. God can provide for me one more time. He's looking out for our family. He's with us as a people. They would just praise the Lord as they would walk up to the tabernacle. Um, excuse me, the temple. And then us, as we approach this text, we have the church. I get to come to church every week, and I get to see all of your smiling faces, and I can see God residing within all of you. And I can praise God right here. This is the church. This is a place where I get an opportunity to praise God because of all of you, because we come into the presence of God together. There's no place where we reside that we can't praise God. Not only that, church, and this is, this is pretty cool. Uh, God doesn't reside in, in a temple anymore. God doesn't reside in, in a tabernacle anymore. Um, after Jesus died and he ascended, uh, he got ready to ascend back to heaven. He told his followers that he was going to remain with them all the way up until he came back. And not only that, but he said he was going to send a helper, a helper to be with them until his return. So God, Jesus, as he's leaving, said, I will never leave you alone. And look at what it says in 1 Corinthians 6. Verse 19 says, or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you. God is no longer residing in a temple made with hands. He's now residing amongst his people because when we come together as the church, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. God didn't leave us alone. It didn't just stop with the New Testament characters. He has continued to be with us. Over 2,000 years later, we have the presence of God with us right now. In other words, there is no place in all of God's creation where we cannot and should not worship God. We should be praising God at every turn because wherever our bodies are is where we can offer God praise. So that means whether you're at school, whether you're at work, you could be your fifth hour in line at the DMV and those people are driving you crazy. Praise God even there. That is a place of worship to God. The next question is why? Why do we praise God? Uh, Verse 2 says, praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Uh, For the Israelites who were reading this, they would have thought through all the great things that God had done for them. How he had uh, created all things, the book of Genesis and its creation account. How God put together all things just through his creativity and love and just his presence. They would have thought through all that. They would have thought through how God took a random dude out in the middle of the Arabian desert and said, I'm going to take you from this this pagan culture that you're worshiping in, and you're going to be my dude. 
And I'm going to build a people off you. And not only that, I'm going to bless the rest of the world through you and your family. If you guys know the story of Abraham. So they would have, they would have praised God for choosing them out of a people from, from literally nothing. They would have praised God for delivering them time and time again, how he delivered them out of the hands of the Egyptians. They were in slavery for years and years. How they were in bondage to the Babylonians and the story of Esther, how God rescued them when it looked like their fate was sealed. Over and over and over, God delivers them in church. Over and over and over, God is delivering us. Praise God that he's continued to be with us. And we have reason to praise God too. We can look through the entirety of the Bible and get the full scope of what God is doing. We can, we can look at the Bible and see some of God's attributes, and we can give him praise for his attributes. We can praise him for his love, for his wisdom, for his holiness, for his sovereignty. Listen, there is nothing in all creation that God is not in control of. Everything is under God's control. If your life seems like God is not present, he is. He has not forgotten about you. We can praise God for his faithfulness, for his wrath, all the stupid school shootings that keep happening over and over. God is not oblivious to the things that are happening. And one day he will bring his wrath. People who are against God's people, he will bring his wrath. Our saints, our brothers and sisters in places like China and Africa who are getting drug out of their house and beheaded simply for choosing Christ. God is not oblivious. He is with them, and he will bring his wrath. We can praise God for his jealousy, his mercy, his goodness, his self-sufficiency. God doesn't need anything. He's sufficient all unto himself. We can praise God for his justice, for his immutability. God will never change. God is not that that weird ex-girlfriend that'll flip the script on you. He'll never change. All the way from what we read about him in Genesis until he comes back in Revelation, God will remain the same, and he loves his people. We could praise God for that. We could praise God for what we know about him. With, with a verse like Ephesians 1 would teach us about God. How even though we were rebels against God, dead set against God in every single way, God still, from the foundations of the earth, chose a people for himself, and, and not only chose them, but sent his son to, to redeem them and clean them. And not only did he leave, he said, I'm not going to leave them there. I'm going to see this good thing through all the way to completion. They will never be without me because they are mine. And I'm jealous for them. We, we can praise a God like that. He'll never leave us alone. We can praise God even for the personal things that he's done for us. The times where he's intervened on our behalf. When I, when I tell y'all I shouldn't be a pastor, I'm <laughs> This is weird for me to be doing this. I should be either dead or in jail, one or two. But God has intervened in my life time after time after time. And I'm sure he has for you too. The times where he's provided, when me and my family literally have only had a dime to our names, God just steps through out of nowhere. We can praise God. It's him who does that. The times where he's, delivered us from our own stupidity, the times when he's given us discipline instead of wrath, the times when he's given us peace and healing and reconciliation. You don't have to go to bed 
mad at your spouse anymore. You can reconcile. Praise God. That is a lonely night when you got to sleep mad at somebody. And they touching you all night long. Cold feet. I'm sorry. You got warm feet. I love you. We have so much to be thankful for, saints. We should be praising God. That's a hallelujah. How do we praise God? Let's look at verses three through five. It says, praise him with trumpet sound. Praise him with lute and harp. Praise him with tambourine and dance. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with sounding cymbals. Praise him with loud crashing cymbals. I like that this verse, it mentions every single instrument that the Israelites had at their disposal. There there was nothing that they couldn't praise God with. And I like too how you use pretty much every body function you have to praise God with. You use, the, you use your breath for blowing the horns. You can use your, your fingers to play the harp. You can use your, your hands for smashing on the tambourine. You use your feet for dancing to Christ. There's nothing at your disposal that you can't play, praise God with. And quite honestly, as I'm looking at this, it sounds way more like a three-year-old's band recital than it does a polished worship service. But, but I hope y'all caught that. The worship of God sounds more like a three-year-old's band recital than a polished worship service. And it's also interesting because Jesus said that heaven belongs to those who have faith like these three-year-old children's band recital. Praise the Lord, saints. Praise the Lord. We can bring any instrument we have at our disposal to praise the Lord with. That means we can praise the Lord with a country banjo, I don't care if you have uh, slightly tone-deaf vocal cords. You got two left feet. You can use them to praise the Lord. If you got an electric guitar, you can even have an air guitar. (laughs) Praise the Lord with it. Uh, You can turn over a trash can and just beat on that mug. You can can grab a set of turntables and just scratch your dreams out. You You can be up here like me. You can beatbox. Whatever you got, praise the Lord. It's... And I think sometimes we hear it and we're like, that's, that's a good suggestion. But no, God said, this is a command. This is praise the Lord with any instrument you have at your disposal. No instrument is unsuitable as praise as long as the person expressing praise has their soul in it. The praise of the Lord has little to do with the instrument and everything to do about the soul of the person who's praising the Lord. So praise God with what you got. The last question he's asking is who? Who should praise the Lord? Look at verse 6. It says, everything, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. I could expand that to let everything praise the Lord. Uh, we read Psalm 148 earlier. Uh, let, me, let me highlight that again for you. Uh, Psalm 148 says, praise him, all his angels, all his hosts, the sun and moon, all the shining stars, the highest heavens, the waters above the heavens, great sea creatures in all deeps, fire and hail, snow and mist, stormy wind, mountains and hills, fruit trees and cedars, beasts and livestock, creeping things and flying birds and kings of the earth and all peoples and princes and rulers, young men and maidens, old men and children. But everything, praise the Lord. Everything. I like that it highlights the kids. I love it when the kids come in here after service. And put us to shame. I love that. Kids just praising the Lord. Look at what uh, Jesus said the same thing in, uh, in Matthew. 
Matthew chapter, <clears throat> chapter 21. As Jesus is, is entering into to Jerusalem and the children are out in the streets saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Hosanna is another word for thank you for coming to save us. They're giving praise to Jesus in the streets. And, and the religious leaders at the time, they get a little hurt and they say, why don't, you, why don't you stop the kids from saying that about you? And look at what Jesus says. He said, yes, you've heard it read out of the mouth of infants and babes, out of the mouth of infants and nursing babies, you have prepared praise. A lot of times we use that verse as a, uh, as a cover-up when kids say disrespectful things out of the mouths of infants and babes. But no, God said, I prepared praise for them. Children are praising God. So when we got a crying baby in the sanctuary, don't shut the baby up. It's praising God. It's doing what she, we should be doing. I like it that it says even inanimate objects should be praising the Lord. Psalm 19 talks about how the heavens declare the glory of the Lord with their speech. Luke chapter 19, as Jesus is uh, marching triumphantly into the city, uh, his disciples are saying the same thing. They're saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Praise the Lord for coming. And again, the religious leaders are like, man, why don't you shut your dudes up? And he's like, if, if I made them shut up, the very stones would start to cry out. Everything praises the Lord. There's this guy, uh, Charles Spurgeon. Maybe a couple of you have heard of him before. Um, he had this to say. Does not all nature around me praise God? If I were silent, I should be an exception to the universe. Does not the thunder praise him as it rolls like the drums in the march of God of armies? Do not the mountains praise him when the, when the woods upon their summits wave in adoration? Does not the lightning write his name in letters of fire? Has not the whole earth a voice? And shall I, can I be silent? The answer is no, Charles Spurgeon. You can't be silent. This psalm said, praise the Lord. It's a command from God. Not only that, so the verse says, let, all thing, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. It's especially true for those who have been, who have been given the breath of life by God. There's this, there's this vision, there's this vision uh, the prophet Ezekiel had uh, in Ezekiel chapter 37. He's, he's visualizing it. God gives him this vision, and it's a valley of dry bones. It's just skeletons just laying everywhere. And as he's watching, this wind comes through the valley and blows upon the bones. And as he's watching, they start to reanimate themselves, essentially coming back to life. Church, that's, that's what God has done for us. God has taken what was once dead and made it alive in Christ. John 20, uh, Jesus said something really similar as he is uh, with his disciples and they're, they're in a in a, in, a, in a hidden space because uh, they're worried about people coming to get them after Christ has died. And he, he appears to them and he says this. He says, uh, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and he said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Saints, Jesus gave up his breath of life, rose three days later and breathed on us, essentially reanimating us so that we may live in Christ. Praise be to God. Christ has made us alive. 
There should be nothing that stops us from praising God. There should be no, no cultural roadblocks that we have. There should be no, no feelings of inadequacy that we can't praise God the right way. There should be no embarrassment for praising God because of the many, many things that he's done for us day after day after day. And in 2019, as this year is coming, that's what I want us to be about. I want us to, to ask ourselves, how can I incorporate more praise into my worship? For some of you, it may be the first time even considering that you need to praise the Lord. You, you may not even know who Jesus is. And you're like, why should I praise Jesus? Why should I praise the Lord? Some of you, maybe you've lost some of your joy and excitement over time. And, and the concept of praising the Lord is just, it's just not there. For some of you, maybe you were never taught how. And, and even some, you're like, I don't even think it's necessary to praise the Lord. But it is. Uh, worship is awesome. But, in, but unless we're moved from knowing about God to actually praising him and just being joyfully excited about him, I think we're selling ourselves just a little short. So what does that look like to incorporate praise into our, into our daily routines in 2019? I think we could do it two ways. We could do it individually, and I think we could do it corporately. So here's what it looks like for individual praise. So you wake up in the morning. Say it's Monday morning. You wake up. And the first thing you do, instead of rolling out of the bed like you're auditioning for a part in The Walking Dead, you actually engage with God. You say, God, thank you for waking me up. Did, did you know, like, according to science, like, when you sleep, it's the closest you come to death during the night. As your body starts shutting down, it's, it's the closest thing we can experience to death. So we can wake up in the morning and say, God, you've brought me to life again. It's not just a one-time thing. Over and over and over, you keep loving me in this way. You brought me to life. Thank you. Thank you so much. I get, I get to face the day knowing that you haven't left me alone. Praise you. And then we can come to him and we can, we can lay our burdens on him. We can say, man, I, I know you've woke me up. I, I know you brought me to life again, but... I'm getting ready to have a tough week. I got, I got to go face these, these people at work or, or these children that are downstairs or, or, or whatever else is burdening you. And you can say, God, I don't have this joy that your word keeps telling me I should have. I need yours. I need you, I need you to give me strength. I need you to give me joy. I need you to give me this, this spirit of praise. I need you to get me going. And Jesus said, like, I'll, I'll give it to you. I, we, we serve a God who loves us. He said, what father wouldn't give his kids good things? Ask him for those things over and over. Maybe, maybe you're walking through the week and, and you got, you, you're trying to find something to be joyful for. And you ask God, I need something to be joyful about. And he puts a song in your heart. And instead of like muttering under your breath, you actually whistle it out loud. And other people are hearing about how you love Jesus. And maybe some coworker overhears you and they're like, well, where do you go to church? And you're like, well, I go to, I go to Living Stones Church. Why don't you come? We praise Jesus there. And then, and then you, and you approach Sunday after all week long of having prepared your heart for praise because by the time you get to Sunday, if you haven't concentrated on it, it's kind of hard to gin up that engine, if you know what I'm saying. So all week long, you've prepped and prepped and prepped and you're excited about coming into the presence of the saints and worshiping the Lord. And you wake up in the morning and maybe you wake up early before the kids because you laid out their clothes the night before and you guys are just ready to go. And so you jump in the car and, you're, and you're, you're talking to your kids about why it's important 
to praise God and to, to come into the fellowship of the saints. And you get to church and you step into the lobby, you start seeing people, the saints of God that you see, haven't seen all week long. Church, this is the bride of Christ. I guarantee you, if you guys step into my house and you don't like my wife, I'm kicking you out. This is the bride of Christ. We get a chance to worship with her. We get a chance to praise God with her. And then as, as the service starts, we, we go into initial prayer and you, and you lay your, your burdens before the Lord. You say, God, thank you for getting me here this morning. Thank you for giving the family who loves me that I can bring to church and introduce you to. Thank you so much. It's not time after time, week after week, you keep being faithful to me. Help me, help me, help me engage with you. Help me engage with the sermon. You can just, you can just pray to God and be filled with the praise of God. And then during greeting, you're, you're seeing people that you haven't seen all week long. And maybe you see a person that you've never seen before. And you approach them and you say, thank you for being here. It's so cool to see you. I'm not, I'm not saying being like a self-help person. Like you got to be chipper all the time. But man, we got the joy of the Lord. We have something that nobody else has. We've got Christ. It should fill us with joy and excitement. And as we're singing to God, maybe the song might be a little slower tempo. But praise God, listen to the words, how we were once dead and now we're alive in Christ. How we, how we can, how we uh, march with victory in Christ. We can sing those things out. And then as we move through confession and assurance of pardon, confession may be uh, you focusing on your sin, but it doesn't stop there because we've been assured of our pardon. We're no longer dead. Christ died for us. He didn't, he didn't die when we said our prayer for, for forgiveness and confession, he died over 2,000 years ago. Our sins have been paid for. There's nothing left to be sad about. Christ paid it all. It's, it's all done. The only thing that's left is praise of God. We can, we can praise God during announcements. Look at, look at all the great things that we're doing in the city. Look at the way we're introducing new people to Christ. Look at how we're, we're involving the saints who are a part of this church and, and sending them out on mission. We can praise God for all that. We can praise God for the giving. God, thank you for giving me finances. Thank you for giving me a job. Thank you for providing for me so that I can give back to you so more people can hear about Christ. Give me more, Jesus. Give me more so I can give, be more giving. We can praise God for that. We can praise God during the sermon. We, can, we, we interact with what with, with the preacher is saying. Did you guys know that as we, as preachers, are, are speaking to you, that as you respond, you're actually preaching back to us? Because God has moved us all week long. God has prepared us for this sermon and everything else is going on. But when you are responding back, it's the saints of God saying, we hear you, pastor. Keep feeding us. Keep going. And God is feeding us in return. Praise God. And then after service, we can praise God after service. That as we, as we say our goodbyes and a benediction is prayed over us and, and we're, we're trying to find that person, maybe that new person that we met during the greeting and, and we go out and, and we, we inter, invite them to lunch and we, we interact with them and they, they say to us, man, I want what you got. You, you guys seem so joyous. It's like you really think God is real. I want a piece of that. I want to engage with you. Tell me more about this Jesus. You tell them about Jesus, they get saved, they want to get baptized, and the cycle starts over again. We can praise God. Every single part of our service. 
That's what I want us to be about 2019, Saints. I want us to be a people that are not inhibited by what other people think about our praise, by what we think we look like in praising, by whether we think we only got like a half of a rhythm. Nothing stops us from praising the king. We should be a people that is filled with joy and love and appreciation to this great God who's given us so much, so much so that he was even willing to give us his son to see that we can praise him for all eternity. Amen? Y'all pray with me. Lord God, thank you for this message today. Um, It's been so good all week long, just uh, putting aside whatever fears I might have, whatever uh, things I might be going through, to just simply focus on just praising you. I pray that for all of us, God. I pray that as this new year comes along, uh, that we keep asking ourselves the question, what's stopping me from praising God? What's stopping me from just giving God the praise he deserves? Because you do deserve it. You've done so much for us, God. From even before we were born, you started this motion of bringing us into your family. God, we give you praise. And we need you. There's going to be days when we simply don't have it. Uh, And it's going to be times when uh, there, there just seems to be too much of life in the way to just solely focus on you. God, it's those times where we need you the most. Would you, would you step in and cause our spirits to rejoice and praise you? God, we love you. It's through the name of Jesus we all pray. Amen.